What's up, bitches? Man, I tell you what, I never thought that I would feel so happy to say that again. Uh, those of you that follow us closely on Facebook probably know that uh, J-Bone here, your gracious host, spent a few days in the hospital, and I got a little bit of a scare. In fact, I got a lot of a fucking scare. I was, uh, I was actually weeping like a little girl. I thought I was going to die in the hospital. Why, you may ask? Because uh, I thought I was having a heart attack, actually. Uh, had some chest pain, had some stuff going on with limbs being numb, and uh, the doctor assures me I'm not going to die of a heart attack. But I do have something called pericarditis, which is swollen a swollen lining around my heart, essentially. So the good news is I didn't die in the hospital. The bad news is i got to be on some meds for a little while, but that's all right, because meds are good sometimes. But, uh, and man, I can't tell you seriously how good it is to be back because I had quite a scare this month. Uh, hence the lack of shows, lack of communication with everybody. And I apologize, but, you know, real life gets in the way sometimes. And that shit, quite frankly, was a little more important. But it does feel good to be back in the saddle, man. Drinking a beer and uh, talking to you guys. It's That's what uh, really gets me tickled pink. So, <clears throat> that's that, and like I said, definitely glad to be back. It's so good to be back in the studio. Tonight we have, uh, nobody's in the studio because uh, Music on the Mountain is this Saturday, so I have, uh, in fact, let's see if I can get the camera to look into that room, show you guys how much of a mess it is. It's pretty great. Where Norm Warren normally sits. Let's see, I don't even know if it, it'd probably just be reflection. Yeah, you can't really see. Well, you can see a pizza box there. 
But uh, that room is, the live room is filled with equipment for Music on the Mountain. So Warren will be calling in later. He's going to join us over the phone. And uh, tonight we have a special guest, one of our listeners, Farside. Stephen Boyd is, uh, is with us. What's up? He's going to talk to us about his recent trip to Ireland. Yes, I'm fucking jealous. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, he got to tour the Guinness factory and Jameson factory, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, uh, yeah, we may throw some NHC shenanigans in, um, since it looks like we have Danny in the chat. And uh, there is going to be a link... There's a link in the chat. Uh, looks like we got a few viewers in the chat, so you guys can click on that. And he took some nice pictures while he was out there. You can view them. They're on our website. And uh, if you don't listen live and you're joining us for the podcast, which a majority of you do, uh, if you just go to finalgravitypodcast.com and go to the photo album, it will be what is it, Farside? Uh, Farside's trip to Ireland. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and you can look at that under the photo album. Check those out. And uh, we got some new site members this week, so I wanted to thank you guys for signing up yeah. to the site. That's awesome. And Welcome, welcome. Yeah. Uh, one thing I haven't mentioned in a while, um, I know our site doesn't get a huge amount of traffic. Seems like Facebook is our outlet, and most of our listeners are just podcast listeners. But if you do, guys do go to the site, don't forget to use the uh, Amazon link because uh, that helps us out. And you, you don't have to buy beer-related stuff. We do have a little sort of homebrewing uh store on there if you will that you can buy some items in but i mean you you know for anything christmas gifts or whatever if you just click on our site and then use that amazon link um we get a little piece of whatever you purchase and uh we don't you know we don't see any of your information that all stays private so if you're going to do any shopping on amazon think of us click on our page first and use that link because that uh that definitely does help us and BYO subscriptions, if you're not a, a subscriber already, definitely uh, get yourself BYO Magazine. It's sort of the homebrewing mecca magazine. And also, uh, if you want to join the AHA, because you know we've been talking about how great NHC is and what a kick-ass time it is. But guess what? If you're not a member of the AHA, you can't even get a, have a chance to get a ticket. Uh, they do sell out fast, which, you know... Even some members were a little pissed off at that it sold out so quick. But if you're not a member, you can you know you won't even have the chance to buy a ticket. So that's uh, you can also sign up for the AHA on our site, which also helps us. So enough of my fucking blabbing um, for now. I wanted to welcome to the studio. It sounds like you are here too, Farside. Welcome. Hey. hey. Happy to be here. Yeah, good to have you here. on the show finally. I know here. you you're a long time listener, and we appreciate that. And uh, I figured it would be cool to have you come on and talk about your trip since I didn't go anywhere but the hospital. And people don't yeah. really don't want to hear any more about that. Nah. Ireland beats the hell out of a hospital, I can tell you that. Oh, hell yeah. So I guess my first question, because me and my wife, you know, we are planning to go one day. Mm -hmm. uh, it probably won't be next year. But that's sort of a bucket list item for me is we have to go to Ireland. And I also want to go to Scotland because I've traced some routes back to Scotland for my family name. Um. How expensive? I mean, is it ridiculous? Was it? Did you get a deal through a travel agent, or like, what was your first step in going to Ireland? Just like, hey, fuck it, we're going to Ireland. Or I mean, had you saved for a while? And how much of a um, nud? How much of a nud is it? Well, I came into I, I, I right. So background here, yeah, I'm I'm Scotch Irish too. Uh, but Irish on one, Irish on my mom's side, Scotch Irish on my 
dead. So it's, I, it was, again, on the bucket list. I had to go sometime. And uh, grandfather passed away, what, two years ago now, I guess, and uh, let, let, left me a, a little bit. And I said, and he'd always been talking about, you know, how, how pretty it was. Because he, he and grandma went all the time. So well, when I was growing up, so I was always seeing slides and stuff, and it's like you know, let me go see what it's like now for real. So uh, took uh, and I figured that was be something he'd get a kick out of me doing with 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 what he left me. So uh, that was the that was the real seed of it. Um, as far as how much how much was it? Uh, we did we didn't use a travel agent. Did all, booked it all on our own. Uh, wife flexible for for a hobby, so we said, "Okay, honey, go for it, have fun." Um, and it was spendy, but not horrible, I guess. Um, certainly under ten, I think. I, I think under five after everything was uh, told. I, had, I just, like I said, I just got back about a week and a half ago, so all all the credit card bills haven't quite hit yet. Right. Um, but we didn't. Uh, we used. Um, we used a guidebook by a guy called Rick Steves for Ireland, and he's big on the staying local, doing bed and breakfast instead of uh, instead of hotels. Or he even pushes the youth hostel thing, which um, I'm sorry, I'm dude, I'm 40, I'm I'm, I'm too old to go back back and around a little bit. <laughs> but right. uh, we, you know, so we but we did the bed and breakfast thing, and that actually worked worked out amazingly well. Um. Stayed, so we got to stay in a bunch of different places we wouldn't have seen, you know, and not just hey, look, it's another, you know, it's 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 another Starwood equivalent, yay. Um, and plus they feed you breakfast every morning, which is amazing. Uh, generally, you had uh, they they have the the traditional breakfast, which is gotta get this. Maybe don't listen, Jay. You'll, you'll, your orders will go clang. Just listen to it, but it's uh, <laughs> bake. Uh, so you got two slabs of what they call bacon, and I called ham. Uh, like Canadian bacon, but a large. It was obviously sliced, not not preformed. A um, couple of sausage links, uh, blood pudding if you wanted it, which is like this. Um, well, it's made from blood, but it tastes kind of like a really garlic garlicky loose sausage. A uh, couple eggs, and oh, then soda bread, and then regular bread if you wanted it. And that was just the fried part. There's also um, Cereals and whatever, and, and the, the the sideboard depended on, on the on the place. So needless to say, we, we tanked up in the morning, and that just got, that that kept us going for uh, well into lunch. So we we generally wouldn't knock off for, for lunch till about one or two o'clock. How was it? And then beer, you know. Yeah, and then beer, beer, and more beer. Exactly. Well, so. was it just you and the wife, or did you have the kids in tow? No, we, uh, we 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 made the long drive to Grandma's house, dropped them all, uh, stayed with Grandma and Greta for a couple of days, and said, "Hey guys, guess what? Mommy and Daddy going away for a little while. You guys have you guys be good, okay?" Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. How how sugared up were they when you got them back? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Grandmas are good for that. Grandmas are really good for that. Uh, yeah. They, uh, yeah, for, uh, they must have been good. We didn't get because we we planned to stay. So the idea was we'd uh, stay with them for a couple of days after we got back to help get over jet lag before we had, had to come back and go to work. And they, um, you know, we we weren't met at the airport with a, I believe these are yours in, in the cars in the in the garage. So they they must have been pretty good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, we flew into Dublin. 
landed there, uh, just, just took the bus around. You, you don't need it. You don't want a car in Dublin. You don't. You don't need one certainly. Um, took a uh, took a couple days just to bum around Dublin. Um, we landed at six o'clock in the morning, and we were at Guinness by fourth by probably about three o'clock that afternoon. <laughs> Priorities, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But we did a lot of other shopping and a lot, a lot of other walking around. Uh, we got Riverdance happened to be in town, so we went to see that uh, the second night we were there. Had a had a good old time wandering around there. Um, if you're into books, Trinity College has this amazing library that's just uh, you you take the tour and that uh, and they've just got they they don't uh, the last stop is this hall and it looks like it looks like Grand Central Station almost filled with uh, filled with just books. I got a link to it on my on my Facebook page. Um, and it just you just sit there going, wow. Um, that was neat. Um, they they show you how how they repair books that old and stuff. So that that, that was kind of neat. Um, so and so they yeah, stayed in Dublin a couple of days. Uh, then went out. In, oh, they have a um, they have a couple of different tour buses as well. And uh, we we took we have to take the green one. And if you do it, uh, make sure you get the live one because it, some of the ones have pre recorded. And some of us have live, and get the one with the li- where the driver's actually talking to you. It's much more interesting. Right. That um, was when we did um, at NHC. We went around Philly in a double decker bus, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, same deal. Yep. Shy of uh, almost getting our heads taken off quite a few times by trees and bridges and stuff. Of course, we we had to. You know, coincidentally, my wife picks the biggest, tallest double decker tour bus in Philadelphia, and I'm six four. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah so, so we're we're going under these bridges. The girl's like, "Hey, watch your head." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> She's not being funny, man. No. Like literally, if I didn't duck, I, I don't think I'd have a head. <laughs> oh, well, uh, uh, some nope. of that some of that nope. shit was a little scary. I got to say, it was neat though. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. No, well, no little bridges there at least. That that was good. Um, <laughs> what else? Oh, the, the other nice thing about the the bus is it takes you through uh, what they call Phoenix Park. Which is um, Dublin's the, the Republic's capital city, so it's things like the National Mall downtown, but much much less uh, downtown DC, but much much less developed. Um, I mean, you've got they they call it a park, and it's I mean it's got a zoo in it. It's combined yeah so, combined Central Park and the National Mall, I guess, and that's that's a good idea. Um, I mean, it's just a huge green expanse. Um, and there's this White House in the middle of it. Mm. Oh yeah, that's that's where the president lives. <laughs> um yeah so and yeah we would never have gotten out there if we hadn't been on the bus right um so let's see what else after a couple of days took the took the airport shuttle back to the airport um picked up the car and they drive on the left there and that was what i was actually most nervous about and that was fine you were and, driving uh, or you taxied it no i was driving oh okay picked up a rental car um picked up a full size because again i'm six four and you know the idea of trying to fit into a mini or something like that was not appetizing i probably should have gone for something a little bit smaller though because outside of town most of the streets are basically well most of the city streets are paved over cart uh cart paths um the the, the motorways are the, like the interstates are, are fine the uh, the national roads are generally fine with one notable exception which i'll get to later um and the local and uh rural roads are well, catch as catch can. Um, some of our farm roads and the show, but you know, it, it was it's neat just driving down there. Uh, we had our 
GPS was set on shortest route by any means possible for one while. So we found ourselves going down all these little one-lane roads, and hey, look, there's a tractor that's coming towards us. Till we finally figured out, no, no, we want fastest, not shortest route. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. The fastest yeah. route to beer. Yeah, exactly. Get me to the beer. Come on, you're you're holding me up. Yeah, but try to avoid you know Farmer Joe's cart path. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it, it helps that the, the 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 cart paths were generally like a 40, 40 kph or fifty kph max, and the the bigger roads are more towards like eighty or ninety. So, it, it would fastest route actually tends to be the best route. Yeah, see, uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time when I go to Europe because it, I'm going to be trying to do all the calculations in my head and doing all the math for metric, and it, it's just it's going to be ugly for me. We but we. Uh, well, as far as oh, as far as math goes, just don't worry about it. The, I mean, the the speedometer is marked in kph. Just okay. I need to be. I need to set it on eighty, and and you're good. Oh, okay, yeah. That actually, which reminds me, that that brings me to a funny story before we cut to our first break. But uh, my wife uh, and more news that I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show. My wife started brewing, which is awesome. She's yeah. Uh, she's doing one gallon batches, which is even cooler. And uh, Danny helped her out. She's doing brew in a bag. She did two extract batches, and now she's doing brew in a bag. So she's it done does. like four or five batches in just over just over a month, I guess. She's she's kicking ass. Wow. Which is awesome. But it was funny the the first day. Uh, I think I was at band practice, and she's brewing. And I came home. She's like, she puts a thermometer in the in the mash, and uh, or in you know brewing. I'm calling it a mash, but in the pot. And she's like, what the fuck? She's like, really? It's only 60 whatever degrees? And I'm like, how long has it been sitting there? She's like, maybe 40, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. I'm like, there's no way that pot cooled down that fast. And I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck? And sure enough, yeah, the thermometer was set to C. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, don't worry, honey, you're fine. (laughs) This is what, like uh, 120, 140? Yeah. Yeah, like 140, I think, right? Yeah. Something like that, but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and good on her, man. I, I, I'm still doing extract. Oh, cool. Yeah, when, I, should, when, I, when I get around to it, but. Uh, yeah, you should try brewing a bag, man. It's pretty cool. I'm actually, I'm lightly considering <gasps> selling my rig and switching over to brewing a bag. <gasps> yeah, I know. Oh man. Well, wow. I tell you, if I can shave an hour or two off my brew day, I think that might be. It might encourage me to brew a little more. Well, there is that. That that's my kind of reasoning behind it. There is that. Huh. Yeah. Neat. But uh, so I think what we'll do here, uh, if Farsight, if you can mute your uh, Skype, I think we'll take our first commercial break here. This is just about that time. See if we can't pay a couple sponsors here, and uh, we'll be right back, and then we'll get into uh, the Guinness Factory, I guess. Stick around, guys. Final Gravity Podcast. You're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. Hey guys, I like to shop. And when I come home from shopping, the last thing I want to do is carry my bags through the snow, ruining my cute shoes I just found on sale. I wish my husband would just get a shed from Pleasant Run Structures so I could have my garage back. He could put all of his man stuff in the shed and brew out there. I mean, all he has to do is call 908-237-1325 and get the man cave of his dreams. They even offer two-story sheds because they know he has a lot of shit. 
Pleasant Ranch Structures has two locations in New Jersey, Parsippany and Flemington, but they will ship anywhere. So it really is a no-brainer. Check out PleasantRunStructures.com for more info. That's PleasantRunStructures.com. Check it out today, because your wife might be so happy she can park in her garage, you might even get some. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further, Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Hello, beer drinkers. Look at your peanuts. Now look at my peanuts. Now look at yours. Now back to mine. Sadly, your peanuts are not JB Gourmet peanuts. Look down. Now look up. Where are you? You're at jbgourmetpeanuts.com. What's that in your hand? It's the original peanuts. Look down. Now look back up. It's the spicy. What's that in my hand? It's a 16-ounce jar of peanuts. Look again. They're gone. Look again. The refill bag has filled it back up. Now they're diamonds. Spicy, delicious, addictive diamonds. I'm on a horse. Give them a call, man. Ask about their peanuts. 201-906-8777. Or visit their website, jbgourmetpeanuts.com. That's jbgourmetpeanuts.com. Hey guys, it's Jay. Just wanted to reach out and thank all of our listeners for supporting our show over the years. Keep it up, man. Don't forget to go to our homepage and click on those links for the AHA and BYO. Helps you out and it helps us out as well. If you think there's nothing better than a look of polished stainless and copper, if you're not sure that six tap handles is going to be enough in your chest freezer, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to Final Gravity. Alright guys, we're back. No heart attack, we're back. That's it. We're talking with Steven, Mr. Farside Boyd. And uh, he's going to tell us about his escapades. This, this is a going theme here. I think next show we do will be somebody else that went somewhere cool that I didn't get to go. That'll be good. So we're talking about uh, his trip to Ireland, and uh, he's going to tell us about the Guinness factory and how effing cool it was, and then uh, he's also going to talk about Jameson. We got to see that stuff made, and I'm hoping uh, maybe some other tales of other taverns and pubs in uh, in Ireland. I can't wait to get out there. Stephen, we still got you? You there? Yep. Hey, there we go. Nice. 
Very good. Sorry about that. Yeah, the uh, mute button was on. It's like, why isn't this thing working? <laughs> Alrighty. We got you uh, Yeah, we uh, checked with the wife. She said, yeah, we uh, r- right around five grand is how much we spent on, on the thing, all told. Wow. Airfare, car, everything. Wow, man. That, that's not terrible. No, it wasn't. That, that's not like, that's not scary at all. All right, good. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, uh, just watch your uh, mic positioning there. We, we got windstorm again. Sorry about that. There nope, we go. That no better? problem. Yes, much better. Alrighty, cool. So where was I? Oh yeah. So we picked up the car in Dublin, uh, drove around basically the south coast, uh, drove down to Cork, drove down to Kinsale, uh, then down around the south coast, and then up the west coast, which is the Atlantic coast, which is still weird for me. And then uh, up to uh, Shannon, flew out of there, back home, picked up the kids, and drove home. Um. But while we were in Dublin, we, uh, as I touched on earlier, we went to the Guinness factory. And it's actually the Guinness storehouse because what they take you through is one of the old grain stores that they've renovated and turned into the experience. Um, but it's, it's, actually, it's, it's actually really cool. The, uh, plus this way they don't have you know, 300 million beer geeks uh, tramping through the factory while they're trying to get stuff done. Um, so inside the building, the is got this huge atrium in the middle where the elevators go up and down, but it's kind of shaped like a, a, a big freaking pint glass. So, and the the, the whole uh, the, the the rest of the building's themed like it. So the the bottom seven floors are all dark and uh, around the atrium, and then the, the top floor is all light, like the like the head like the foam head would be, and that's where they they've got this big freaking. Um, they call it the gravity bar. That's and that's where you go up and you just see you can see for miles around Dublin. It's it's really pretty. Oh, cool. Yeah, it is. Um, but you, you you get in there and after you pay, you go upstairs and the first thing you see is uh, their 999 year deed lease to uh, to to that property, and they're apparently getting it for like couple hundred pounds a year it's 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 some amazing thing and that's what so they've they've got it preserved under glass in the middle of their lobby so you can see that they're basically going yeah we got this try and make us move (laughs) right and we're not going anywhere we're not going anywhere and they said yeah it was a little risk at the time they were sold and since then the uh the owners have tried to negotiate renegotiate a couple of times and somehow not really working um so then they the the Rest of the uh, the rest of the building up to the bottom up to the bar is basically the different phases of brewing. Um, second floor is pretty much ingredients. Show, yeah. You know, the, you, you know as well as I do. You know, water, uh, actually malt, hops, yeast, and water. They they take you through how the grain is grown, how the how they then go ahead and do, do the malting process. Hey there. <laughs> Hi. So. Uh, Jay's daughter's on the cam. Um, so the, through the uh, through the malting process, and then you go ahead and go th- uh, they, uh, show you how they 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 uh, grind it a little bit. Then they go ahead and take you into hops, and unfortunately, they don't tell you what hops or how much they use. But hey, these are hops, and hops are a useful part of beer. Um, it's aimed at a non-brewer. The, the, the whole thing's aimed at a non-brewer, but uh, if you look at like, the sixth picture I posted, there's a really helpful short description of what each step is and what, uh, what, what goes on with it. And it's aimed at something everybody can understand. Um, 
go to hops and they have a little safe where they theoretically have the uh, the yeast that they use. And again, it's it's open a little bit so you can see inside it, but it can't really read anything. Oddly enough, and then uh, well, last one is water, and that that's the fifth picture I posted, and it's amazing. They got this huge, ginormous waterfall going through, and you can hear it through the rest of the rest of the floor, and it's just. I, I could have sat there and watched that for half an hour, but hey, there's beer upstairs, so we kept kept on going. So third floor, now that you've got all your ingredients together, what do you do with them? Well, it takes you through the mashing process, and then the you know you add the hops and the boiling process and all the other uh, the fermenting and all the other things that go into making a, a nice tasty stout for however many millions of people drink it every day. Um. And I'm about to get an ad, it looks like. Uh, let's see. The fourth, uh, so the third floor is the rest of the process. Also, uh, fourth floor, you go upstairs and it goes into aging, fermenting. Um, also, how they do, uh, how they make their barrels for shipment and storing, because apparently they do, uh, they do a lot of cast scale as well. And then fifth floor, you have a little tasting room. Um and they hand out. Did I put? Did I post one of these? No, I didn't post one of these. Uh, they hand out a. You, if you go in there, they hand you these little thimble. Well, so, uh, shot glass size uh, glasses, and each one has a pint. pint on, oh, yeah, there is a nice picture I posted. Uh, each one of those little glasses is about the size of a shot, and you're supposed to sit there, and they t- tell you how you're supposed to taste it. Arm out, back straight, drink it, and smile on your face. Really. Uh, smiling face, and then but they also go through in the eighth picture I posted. You can see the um, you, you you can see these big cylinders. And they have vapor coming off, and each the each of the four cylinders has a different thing that you um, would experience as part of the beer profi- flavor profile. The water, the what you get from the so what you get from the water, what you get from the hops, what you get from the malt, what you get from the yeast, even a little bit, and then. You're supposed to go through and, wa- and waft it in your nose and see what you can, you know, which of those you can tell a uh, smell, which of those you, you can't pick up. I found that I can't pick up malt, which was which surprised the heck out of me. Wow. Mm-hmm. Any Guinness? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's but uh, apparently I'm missing something. I, I still think it tastes good, but uh, my wife's going, "Oh yeah, man, I can really taste it." I'm like, uh, smells like steam. Wow. But, so. Oh, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I know. That's pretty neat how they separate the ingredients like that and let you try and pick up on each one. That's that's pretty cool. It is, and then they take you into the velvet room where you're uh, you're allowed to actually go ahead and taste the beer. Is that where you get handies in the velvet room? Yeah, or? something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I've been there I before, but in, I thought I think that was in New York City. Different velvet room. Okay, go yeah, on. I think so too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you could ask. The dude giving the tour was not not really my type, so you know, right? You know, asked. Um, let's see. Uh, fifth floor was also a little bit of a museum. Uh, the harp that they use on their uh, their labels is on there. Uh, it's actually on display, and they've got this neat. Have you ever been to Disney World? You ever been to Epcot Center? Years and years and years ago. You remember in the Imaginations Pavilion, I think it was, where they had the, the, the you can make music with light, you waved your hand over the these sensors and these instruments came on and you could kind of conduct. 
it's a similar thing with the, with the harp here. They've got these uh, light sensors uh, in the front of the case, and if you stroke your basically place your hand on the glass and stroke, uh, rub back and forth, it's like it makes harp noises. So you could sit there and play whatever you wanted to, um, which was kind of neat. Smoke on the water. Yeah, smoke on the water. Uh, I was uh, yeah, I, actually more up for row, row, row your boat because I couldn't think of anything better after the top of your head. But you know, it it worked. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It is. Um, and then uh, looking at the tenth photo I posted, it, uh, I happened to look outside one of the windows as I was walking up the stairs, and the, so they'd picked out in one of the courtyards, uh, 1759 to 2009, 250 years of Guinness. It's like, wow, they've been making beer here longer than my country's been around. It's like, yeah, it's pretty well, wild, and they have what 750 left to go. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't know what the, I'm not sure what they're going to do in uh, 2758 as far as uh, yeah, you know, as, as far as uh, brewing space goes. But uh, I figured Diageo have uh, figured it out by then. <laughs> uh, six is av- six is advertising. You've got a lot of the old, um, both a lot of the old ads that they had, both print and TV. Uh, Yellow movie where it shows you what kind of some of the different spots are currently playing worldwide are. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, it's actually really, really, really well done. I am, so we actually spent about 15 minutes there. Um, seventh floor is food and beer. Um, they have a class where you can go. So you, the, the deal is that part of your admission fee is you get a free pint. So if you go to the pour a pint class on the seventh floor, then you're pouring, you're, you're tapping your own pint and. They teach you how to do the little shamrock on the top. But you, you, you pour the, you, you take your pint glass and you pour it up to the bottom of the harp that's on the that's on the Guinness glass, and then you put it on the shelf for a minute or two, and you let it s- settle down, and let uh, let let the head build. And then once it's all nice and settled, you come back and you fill it back up. And that way, you've you've poured the proper pint, and it has the right three quarters of an inch thick head on top of it, and you. You're, you're doing it correctly, and then you make sure you, you turn and serve it to the customer with the logo facing front. If you don't go through the class, then you get your free beer upstairs on the eighth floor, on the gravity bar. But so we uh, went through, did that, the, and they have a couple of restaurants on the seventh floor as well. Um, it's getting late in the day, so there's only one open left. Um, by the time we got there, and it was amazing, um, or we were really hungry, but probably both. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Staffs must eat something. <laughs> um, but uh, I had Guinness and I had Guinness stew because, well, what else are you going to have? And I forget what my wife had, but it was you know we we shared and it was both very very good. And then the payoff, eighth floor gravity bar. Um, there's a sign there that says gravity up, which was kind of confusing after uh, you know after that pint, and I, I suspect if I'd uh, gotten more in me, I've been really even more confused. But gravity was up, and we went up, and you can uh, stick a picture up there of my wife and I having our pints. That's where she figured out that hey, this 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 Guinness stuff is pretty good. <laughs> and then the last Guinness photo I posted is um, six, nine, twelve, fifty. Yeah, the sixteenth one up there, and that's one one of the views from the gravity bar. So it's up there at the top in. You can see all the way out to the Wicklow Mountains. Um, I touched on the water before. They actually so there's a river that flows through Dublin. It's called the Liffey, and it's used for sh- for shipping and whatnot. And they don't draw their water from it because it would be like drawing your water from the Raritan. I mean, you, you don't want to. 
Right. Um, but so what, instead, there's a spring up in the up in the Wicklow Mountains that they get the that they get all the water that they brew in Dublin from. And they've got. You were talking a couple of episodes ago about water rights. That part of that 900 year de- 999 year deal is the water rights to that uh, source. So and they're thinking about that 200 years ago. So the, you know that that concept's nothing new. Right. So, but you can see all the way out to where they where they get their water. You can see all of Dublin spread out before you, all the way out to that park I was talking about, all the way out to the uh, all the way out to the to the Dublin Harbor, and it's just a freaking amazing place to sit back and have a beer. Nice. So, uh, once you got up to the Gravity Inn, all bets are off, and never mind your free pint. Then it's free game, and you can have a couple beers, right? Uh, well, you can pay. You can buy a couple beers at that point, but right. you, you you get one free. But right. if you didn't if you didn't take the glass, then you can turn your, your your free beer ticket in for another one, or for one there. But uh, otherwise, yeah, you can pay your what, five six euros for it. And I'm assuming at their own bar, that's all that they have is Guinness Harp and Smitty's, right? Uh, n- yes, Guinness. No Harp, no Smitty's. It is uh, just Guinness. F- 15, 15 Guinness taps. Um, yeah, that's what you're here for. Got it. Not even yeah, not even the Harp, which I, which actually surprised me. I thought they would have had at least a couple Harp Harp taps, but no. Okay. In uh, in some of the other traveling around town you did did you guys hit up any of sort of the smaller uh, pubs absolutely so um part of what we wanted to do is and go how cool and, were they hmm? how cool were they very uh we wanted to uh, the, the, the 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 stereotypical irish or stereotypical american irish pub or well pretty much is actually not that far off um because the concept really works you you can go in, you can sit down, have a couple of pints, listen to some good music, uh, and ha- ha- have a decent bite to eat or have a decent dinner. Heck, and it's the portions are huge. The the, the, the atmosphere is inviting. If you sit at the bar, people are gonna come up and talk to you. If you sit at the table, they'll leave you alone unless you initiate conversation. Um, it's you know, and there's a huge you know, pretty much a huge range of stuff on 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 tap. It's a very very comfortable very very pleasant experience um not like going to a sports bar uh, there was most of the te- most of the bars we went to had one or maybe two tvs so it's not like going to a to a sports bar here where you've got you don't have a lion site where you're, you don't have at least three tvs on um and half the time they're turned off because you're there to talk to people and catch up not not necessarily sit down to and zone zone out to the ball game or the cricket game or whatever uh it's that's awesome yeah that's, I think, a, a, a lot more bars around here, I think, are starting to catch on to that, you know, where you don't need 47 TVs on and, you know, you kind of talk about the day. And, of course, by talking about the day, I mean you sit next to each other and text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I, no, I think, so the, I think that, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, well, so that, that, that was actually one thing. We, uh, we, we picked up a... Um, a separate cell phone over there because both of our uh, both of our phones theoretically are are quad band, so th- we could have popped a SIM card in there, but we didn't want to unlock it from from Sprint because we'd get messed up when we got home and have to go find a Sprint store. Didn't want to deal with all that mess, so we just picked up a cheap phone on Amazon and uh, bought a SIM card when we were over there the first day, and then emailed so uh, emailed. Uh, my in-laws to say, hey, you've got, you know, the, if you need to get a hold of us, this is this is the number you can call. 
Um, but what it meant was that neither my wife nor I had phone access reliably through the day. I mean, if you were, if you were sitting in, like, for example, in the, in the Guinness line, uh, in the Guinness storehouse, we had a good 45-minute wait in line just, just to buy tickets. Fortunately, they had Wi-Fi, so we were able to sit down and catch up on email and, and, and do stuff. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a result, there was no texting going on, there was no phone calls, we didn't per- permanently, ha- we weren't seeing the, the country through the lens or the, you know, through the earpiece of our phone. It's just like, wow. Yeah, I think that makes it more pleasurable, too, because, you know, you actually got to talk to each other. Yeah, (laughs) you know. Enjoy the vacation a little bit. Is this person I married again? Right. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, what we'll do, we'll cut to another break, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the taverns in town in in Ireland and Dublin and the surrounding areas. And then maybe we'll get into... uh, Jameson shortly after that. Sounds like a plan. Alright guys, stick around. It's Final Gravity Podcast. You're listening to Final Gravity Podcast. This is Owen Tate. When I'm not sucking the cream filling out of Twinkies, I dream about showering in beer with the guys from Final Gravity Podcast. It's JW. I'm from the Shippen in Milford, New Jersey, and you listen to the Final Gravity Podcast. I gotta find some dumb hot chicks to interview. <laughs> so, what's your favorite beer? Coors <laughs> Light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, we love it. Oh, oh, what was your favorite beer? Ah, another intelligent discussion about beer. So what are you tasting that beer you're drinking? Really, you're going to ask me that kind of thing? What kind of beer are you drinking, first of all? Well, apparently what I have right now is copper. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not my kind of beer, but right now, it's my kind of beer. Uh, Jim, what do you like about the beer you're drinking there? Uh, this uh, this beer right here, the best part about this beer um, so far is the fact that it's very wet. Uh, it also has uh, carbonation to it, so there's a plethora of bubbles. Um, I like the wetness, I like the bubbles, and uh, I like the fact that when I drink it, uh, the tastes are fantastic. What, so, what, what are some of the, the flavors you're getting out of that beer? Uh, well, I'm definitely, I, I can taste, uh, I taste more of the wetness than anything. Um, and once again, the bubbles. So more or less the bubbles and the wetness is what I'm tasting at this point. How about you guys? What what, what was your favorite beers? Uh, Magic Hat Citrus Boy. Hey, this is Casey Kramer. I'm from Riververse Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Final Gravity Podcast. Does your keg 
refrigerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further, Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, uh, little Steel Panther there for you guys. <clears throat> Why wouldn't we? Figured who that's who that was. Yeah, we went to see them uh, a while back, man. They were great. I can't wait till they come back. If you guys, uh, if you follow the Panther, look up on YouTube. They have uh, a new video out, uh, British Invasion. It's pretty funny. Those guys are classic, man. They're even my wife liked them. She was a little little put off by some of the stuff, but for the most part, she had a blast. And we brought, like, three girls with us, man. They all I couldn't believe how many hot chicks were there and how many chicks, like, were so into them. It was pretty funny. Wow. You'd think the last thing that there'd be at a Steel Panther concert, but not, not really the case. For whatever reason, they pull in the broads. Wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. <clears throat> All right, so we're back. We're rolling again. I did. I had some more announcements. Oh, there was there was one thing. <laughs> NHC. Let me draw. Let me paint the picture. We're in the back of the room at the awards ceremony. And it's probably one of those things where you had to be there, but we're sitting at the table, and uh, the woman, a woman won. Uh, I think wasn't Ninkasi. 
wasn't Nikasi's Brewer of the Year, I think. I think Brewer of the Year, yeah, it was a woman. And they announced her, and then uh, they're like, you know, unfortunately, she's not here to accept the award. And before he finishes the word award, there's a guy walking right by our table with a pitcher of beer in his hand. He stops dead in his tracks, and he's like, what a fucking letdown, and then just kept walking. <laughs> Again, nice. I, I, it might have been one of those things you had to be there, but I was laughing so hard I almost pissed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Ireland. So the, Ireland. Pu- the uh. pubs the pubs were very cool. Pubs were uh, pubs were amazing. Did you um, try? Did you try? I know, obviously, you tried a lot of Guinness at gravity bar but did you when you got into some of the pubs did you get to try any beers that you, you haven't had here was there anything um, that stuck out or anything you were you know looking to get that you can't get here or maybe that you can get here but not easily uh so i tried but i actually tried a bunch of different things once once my once my wife uh, figured out that she liked Guinness, she kind of dove into it uh head and shoulders and uh didn't really come back up but I uh, so like second night I think I had a Paul Anner Hefeweizen which uh, I I went I was in Germany yeah, about 15 years ago now uh, on on a on a temporary duty and got got hooked on that there so I had one of those and that was quite good um, also uh, had a Bulmer's uh, cider um, one of the other ciders I don't remember off the top of my head and but yeah generally it's Craft beer is not a uh, not as not as big. Uh, I, 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 how do I put this? It's not that it's not as big of a deal. It's just that well, yeah, you're not necessarily drinking one of the big stuff, or if you are drinking one of the big boys, you don't necessarily realize it actually has more flavor than than your standard pale light lager. Now that being said, it was funny because we uh, we were at this place on Grafton Street, which is their their main shopping uh, drag in Dublin, and it started raining it was around, around lunch time so i said hey let's go find the pub and sit down and eat and we did and had a pint and was, we're sitting there at the bar and Chad, the bartender looked over the at the the, the the tap handles and guinness 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 cores like what you know the, the, some of the other some of the <laughs> other european beers i went back and looked and like, yeah the silver bullet was, was was sitting right there next to the guinness and some of the other stuff and so you're going okay how much out of curiosity i gotta ask how much of that do you move he says yeah it's his fifth bestseller wow yeah like, wow. okay <laughs> this is you know this is mostly you know american expatriate says no nah, some of the you know some of the locals like it too it's just you know i did yeah, i guess it's just uh famous worldwide that light lager is. stuff so and they they had I think they had a Budweiser uh, handle on the other on the other bar, but it, it's not like it's a uh, yeah this bar actually had two two banks of tap handles, and it's it's not like it's you know okay well you're gonna you will have Bud Coors Miller and then you know then then we'll talk about beer it's you have some other beers as well um, I guess Bass and Diageo are a little bit more. Uh, popular over there I'm, I'm probably horribly mispronouncing Deja's name but it's d-i-a-g-e-o okay. um they're, they're the holding company that owns guinness now okay um, and so th- uh, and i'm assuming there are a bunch of other companies as well um but it's not quite as overt not quite as obvious as as it is in some of your bars here okay fair enough i i think probably over there i'm sure a lot of it is just the experience and and the area 
you had, you yeah. had said raining. So what? How long? You guys are out for, there for two weeks, right? No, seven days. Seven days. And what what was the weather like generally? Is it is it always raining? Not always. Um, so generally about 68, 72 degrees. Uh, this is you know this is in mid August. Uh, but they're sitting right in the Gulf Stream, so it doesn't get it doesn't get that because I mean, remember you're we're up north of north of New York as far as I to north of London even it's it's uh, it's 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 pretty up there. Uh, but upper 40s, low 50s as far as latitude goes. But it's nice and warm because you've got the Gulf Stream keeping you warm. So you, uh, it was generally 68 to 72 in the uh, daytime, maybe uh, upper 50s at night. Um, you could generally count on some rain or at least cloud during the day, but uh, there are other times where it part the clouds parted and I got some amazing shots. Uh, that, that The last uh, Dublin shot I posted in the photo album actually the clouds are partying you've actually got the sun shining down on on dublin it's actually really really pretty oh cool yeah um windier near the coast uh not so bad uh when you're closer into town um it was you know it, no big deal we, we we packed a rain jacket and all was good right very cool yeah so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, Jameson? Jamesons, yeah. So after we rented the car and drove down, uh, drove down to a place called Kinsale, which is down on the southwest, south, yeah, southwest, no, southeast coast. There we go. Um, and dealt with, they, they don't have they don't have stops they don't have stop signs up there. They have uh, roundabouts. Um, I know Jersey has some circles, but uh, this is, they. There's no, no straight through the circle or stoplights or anything. You you go in, you, you get into the roundabout, you, you wait and make sure nobody's coming, and then you run like hell to get get to your exit. <laughs> um, so after you know, probably about twenty of those, I, I, I quit counting. We get we, we, we get down to our um, bed and breakfast, crashed that night. Next day we went back up to uh, Cork and then out to Middleton, which is where. So there's two major. Distilleries that produce that produce probably a good ninety five percent of all the Irish whiskey that you're going to see anywhere. Um, three kinds of whiskeys: you've got American corn whiskey like Jack Daniels or Jim Beam. You've got Scotch, which is you know, the, you, like you did a show about that. Yep. Um, and then you've got Irish. Uh, biggest differences are ingredients. Um, the Americans use corn. The Scotch and Irish use barley, just like uh, just like we do in beer. Um, in fact, they basically start with about uh, an 8% beer to, to, uh, in, that they then go ahead and distill off. Um, and the Scots distill theirs twice, and the Irish do it three times. But So all the Irish whiskey in the world has got to be made in Ireland. And there's two main complexes that do it these days. Uh, then there's some micro distilleries around uh, around the country as well. But the the big one is the, the one of the big ones is up in Belfast, up in North, Northern Ireland, and the other one's down near Cork called Middleton, and that's the one we went to. So the one up north is Bushmills, and the one down south is Jamesons. Uh, Jamesons also makes. Let me see if I remember this. Uh, Middleton. Um, Jameson's Reserve, a couple different, like a, a, a red, red, red bird, yellow spot, and something called Patty as well. Uh, and that's in no particular order of quality. I think the, I, I believe the Model 10 and the uh, red spot are actually their, 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 or the yellow spot are their flagship uh, lines. 
Um, like the Guinness place, it's you're not going through the actual dist- through the currently working distillery. You're going through what they moved out of about 20 years ago and turned into a visitor center. Uh, you can, although they do show you the where the current distillery is, it's it's over uh, behind some of the other buildings. But this way, you get to see how they did it for the previous 200, 300 years. And it's quite a experience and quite a walking tour. Definitely bring your uh, hiking boots. Hmm. Right. But they, they 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 start you off and the, the they well first they give you a, a a five minute hoorah. This is we are Jamesons and we are here and we do good things and this this you know all co- corporate uh, mumbo jumbo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Co- corporate. Um. And then they walk you out into the old courtyard uh, where. The farmers used to come in every every harvest time and bring the barley, and so they the the, the huge courtyard long you know you put uh, ten fifteen carts in it or whatever and they came in uh, dropped their grain off they just say it weigh it and pay uh, pay the farmers and then off they go and then these guys will hump the uh, grain sacks up by hand into this four uh, four story storehouse. And those sacks had to weigh 150 200 pounds so I I, I I can't even imagine doing. I, I'd be floored after doing about three or four of those, and they're like, "Yep, that's that's what we do." Uh-huh. So after the grain, you know, uh, when they're ready to use the the grain, they go ahead and they malt it, and um, they actually have a special malt, malt house on on site. And the that was yeah, that was going to be my next question is if they malted it there. They do. Uh, that's one of the other big differences between Scotch and Irish. Uh, Scotch they use peat to malt the whisk. The, the grain and so you get that nice peaty flavor yep um irish they don't they actually use coal or coke and so you get a cleaner less less well no peat in the in the no smoky flavor in it at all yeah not as smoky no less little less iodine qualities exactly yep which i love a good scotch i mean i oh, me i i've you know once once we started doing the uh the whiskey shows i've gained a whole new appreciation for whiskey as a whole but i love me some good smoky scotch each one's got its place yep. and, uh, yeah and, that's and, true that is true it did yep <laughs> agreed yeah <laughs> at, the, at the end of the tour they actually sit you down and they they uh if you they if they call for volunteers volunteer do it um because what they're really doing is they're they're giving you some away uh, again you get a, you get one free drink with your uh with with your ticket, but you also, uh, if, if you volunteer for their their tasting, they sit you down, they pour you a little th- thumb size, like a communion size glass of you know of Jameson's five year, uh, Johnny Walker red, I think, and uh, Jack Daniels, and they have you compare compare the three, and you, side by side, you can actually taste it. Oh yeah, you can taste a huge difference with it side by side. Absolutely. We found that out too really quick when we did our whiskey shows that when, you know, when we were actually doing a thimble full of, you know, 12 different kinds of whiskeys, there's huge differences between them. It's very surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing the difference. I mean, you could actually start tasting corn in the Jack Daniels. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Especially when I don't have Coca-Cola in this. This is, you know, this is a whole new, whole new thing. <laughs> yeah, when you don't drown it with syrup. Yeah. Um, they had they had this cocktail. Apparently, Jameson's five years is pretty good if you 
put in ginger ale and add some lime too. So for the the people who didn't like their whiskey straight, they they would get, make you that cocktail as well. And it's like, okay, you're diluting perfectly good whiskey there. But wife seemed to like it. And she's not a whiskey girl, so uh, to each their own, I guess. Hey, win win. You got you got her drinking something else she may not have normally. So that's good. Well, she's not doing that with with the twelve year I bought you. I can tell you that. Or the twelve year <laughs> I bought there actually, but uh. <laughs> yeah, don't be don't be dousing that with sprite yeah. and sprite and lime or ginger ale and lime. That does sound Ooh. pretty good though, actually. No, I I don't. Yeah, I would I would attempt that with a cheap whiskey, but I don't. Yeah, stay not away good. from my Macallan and my Laphroaig. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is fighting words. Um. Let's see. So they, yeah. So the malt house. Uh, one of the about the fifth picture in uh, I I posted is it's got this square tile with, which looks kind of like a flower pattern on it. Um, that's actually one of the malting. That's one of the the the, tour, the the one of the floor tiles from the malt house, and the holes are there so that the heat can rise through and so a little bit of the smoke can rise through from the uh, from the fires underneath. But it's they're too small for the for the barley. Uh, husks to, to f- fall through, so they didn't waste anything. They got the nice even heating quality, which is, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's see. So once it's malted, then you go and where am I? They then they had to go and mill it, um, and so they took you over to. They walked you outside of the malt house and took you over to the mill, and they have this ginormous water wheel that they. Um, have in the middle of the complex and that was that drove the mill for years and years and years um when i mean, keep keep in mind when they started steam power hadn't even been invented yet so the the mill wheel was it and it made things a little interesting in the summers when the rivers tended to drive tended to dry up um okay sort of like a conventional grist mill right exactly uh no sort of about it that's exactly what it was but the the will the wheel was also powering other uh elevators and stuff in the building as well oh cool yeah um around 1850 i think when the industrial revolution hit they 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 picked up a steam engine and that was there to get them through the summer months when the um when the wheel wasn't turning as well um but and since then in the new factory they're i'm I'm pretty sure they're running electric like i said you you didn't actually get to tour the new distillery but you, you could see it over the hedges okay um, so they mill it and they, they grind it. And once you get through the grinding process, just like with beer, the next step is mashing. And they have this mash tun that's stirred, uh, that's kept moving again by the power from the mill wheel as well. Um, and then they, they, they mash out and they basically make an eight, uh, they don't use hops in it. So, uh, once they've mashed, they go ahead and do their boil and then they, they basically got this 8% beer. That they sto- that they let uh, ferment for a while, let the yeast go at it. And again, they didn't say what strain of yeast. Um, the I'm not sure the tour guide would have actually known herself or not. But they had these four, uh, sorry, three no four huge uh, 45,000 gallon tanks. That's that those are their fermenting tanks. Wow. And yeah, you, you're in there looking up and up and up, <laughs> and it's just keeps on going. It's like oh my god. <laughs> um. They take you outside again uh, around the customs house, and that was that was pretty neat. Um, you know what the unit of measure of alcohol in, in whiskey is, right? It's called it's called proof. You ever know you know where they came from? No. So what they 
they're required by law to have a certain percentage of whiskey or a certain percentage of alcohol in the whiskey because otherwise you're knocking out, you're either poisoning or uh, cheating the the consumers out of what the, what they're buying. So you had to have a proof of how much you had in there. Nowadays, you use a hydrometer to, to say, "Yep, okay, we're, we're down at you know, 1.05." So we're we've obviously got do some math, got this alcohol by volume. Well, back in the 1700s, they didn't have that. Instead, they had gunpowder. And so what they would do is each batch that they would finish distilling, they would put in the cup, and then they would. Uh, Put some gunpowder over it and light the flame over light, uh, light the flame over the gunpowder. And if they did it, if it was too low of an alcohol volume, it, it would burn with an orange flame. If it was too, if it was just right of alcohol volume, it would burn with a blue flame. And if it was too high of an alcohol volume, the, it would it would explode. <laughs> so they definitely didn't want to be overproof. But on the other hand, when the when it was overproof, they the, the you you'd hear the bang all around the distillery, and everyone would stop what they're doing and start cheering, <laughs> and because this meant that there was a barrel of stuff that they got to that the everybody get to take home with them because well they couldn't sell it obviously right some high potency shite some high potency shite and they got to t- and everybody got to take a little bit home <laughs> and it was going to be a good week. <laughs> Woo! So, they screwed up another one. <laughs> Way to go, Joe. <laughs> Um, so obviously you didn't want to do that too often because otherwise you wouldn't have anything left to sell. But right. on the you know on, on, on the third hand, it was it was a, it's a nice gesture versus just diluting it down and maybe getting too low or just dumping it. God forbid <laughs> you lose enough in the aging process. I'll get to that in a second. So then around the customs, uh, when you get past the customs house, you get to the the wash still house. And the next couple of photos, I uh, next four or five photos I posted are from that house. Um, and this is a ginormous boiler. It's a ginormous still. Um, I forget what the internal volume on it on the thing is, um, but I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably right around forty-five thousand gallons because you you dump one of the fermenting tanks into it. Um, and then the idea is that alcohols have a lower evaporation point than. Than, than water does. So if you build a fire that's about 180, 190 degrees, then the then the good stuff starts bubbling off. But you and you're left with the water in the in the still. Then you you capture what comes off. That's and that's your distillation process. When you're doing American whiskey, what you the first runnings you capture after that, that's what you bottle. Well, that's what you put in the cask. Uh, scotch, you put it back into another bo- another still, boil it again. Irish, you do that a third time, and each of those makes it a little bit smoother uh, and, and ups the alcohol content a little bit. So by the time they're done, they've taken what was originally an 8% beer and turned it into a 40% uh, whiskey or 80 proof. Um, and I mean, these these boilers are huge. Um, the slope on them goes up to the top of my head and I'm your, like I said, I'm, I'm your height. Uh, and you, you can see the... the the tap the the access hatches and some of the photos I posted. Uh, there's a bell in the still house because it's that boiler was fed by coal again. So you've got this huge fire going on basically in the basement of that building. It's loud, it's nasty, and so the the bell is used for signaling. Um, hey, it's you know we're we're ready to stop the fire, ready to to dump out. It's lunchtime, end of shift. Look at look busy. The boss is coming. Whatever. Um, and then the next photo I have are two of the other stills that they, u- that they used. 
so once it's been distilled, once it's been taken off, um, they, they've got it where they want it, then they have to go and put it into barrels. And they have a little Cooper's, Cooper's room in there. Um, by law, the whiskey, uh, well, the they still call it wort at this point, but the, 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 the finished spirit has to sit for three years before it can be used for, uh, before it can be sold as whiskey. Before that, it's just a spirit, I guess. So, and it's got, and they age in oak. Um, generally, what they use are bourbon or wine barrels. Um, so they'll actually get a lot of barrels from Jack Daniels. So I'm not sure why they had the Cooper the Cooper's room there, unless it was to fix broken staves or whatnot. And then, but if you're looking at the album, the very last picture I posted is is pretty neat. Um, and that's a comparison of the it's it's a representation of the aging process. So if you look at the barrel on the left, it's uh, they're shining a light through it, and it's it's almost full, and it's a pale yellow, and that's the stuff that they've they've just dumped into the barrel. And then the next one on, it's definitely oranger now, and that's because the whiskey's actually aged been been aged three years. Um, it's it's picked up a lot of the tannins, a lot of the colorings from the char in the in the barrel, and if you can see it almost it's, it's the angels have taken a little bit of their share a little bit leaked out through evaporation or just soaking into the wood so that's a three year and that's the minimum that it can be uh, possibly aged in order to be able to be sold as whiskey um, and I think I think they'll, they'll go ahead and uh, tap their patty brand for that I, I got the impression that was their their low end line Next barrel, the middle one is, five, is their five year, and it's a little bit darker than the than the three, but not much. Uh, but you can see you've lost you've also lost a little bit more, maybe ten percent of your volume. Barrel four is twelve, and that's noticeably darker than, than three or five. And again, you've you're, you're also lost probably about a quarter of your original barrel at this point. And then the last barrel that they had is twenty five year, and he's. He's, the angels have taken about a third of the share at this point. Um, they've you know, the barrel's about a third gone, and that's just pure evaporation. The occasional sampling is this stuff ready to go, but it's mostly just pure evaporation and, and soaking. And it's this nice, lovely dark brown um, color. And it's it, it's it's that's uh, by that point they figured out that anything more, you really don't get anything else out of the barrel, and you definitely do lose more to evaporation at that point. Right, and so I, they won't generally sell anything past twenty-five. All right, yeah, twenty-five. Oh man, I'd love to get my hands on a bottle of that. Wonder what that cost. Uh, a, a, l- yeah, l- a couple hundred euros, and the euro was uh, doing like about buck thirty-five when I went over. So a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I imagine that would fetch a pretty penny. And uh, I actually just brought up the photo album. I probably should have done that a while back. So (laughs) I'm going to uh, reiterate to all of our podcast listeners, when you guys do listen to this, um, and I'm I'm probably going to put a note in the beginning of the show again, uh, very cool to go through and look at the photos as we're talking about this, because now that I'm looking at this photo... As far as I'd talking, it, it makes a whole lot more sense, and it's very cool. Uh, it's sort of a presentation to go along with the podcast. So, and I'll put a note at the beginning of the show for you guys before after I edit. But uh, yeah, definitely you'll want to look at the pictures because it's very cool. Yeah, that that almost looks like more than a third of that barrel, man. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it's... that's that's quite a bit. That's lost to Angel Share on that last one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why it's so bloody expensive too, is because it's you know, yeah. There's not much of it left. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and I've gone through and I, I tried to do a pretty good uh, write-up under e- each of the photos. So if you're not listening to me while you're flipping through the podcast or through the uh, photo album, at least hopefully you'll get a sense of what's going on. Right. That's awesome. Yep. So and then after that, they took you into the back of the gift shop because, of course, there's a gift shop. Um, and the, that's where they handed you the, the free sample, either the, the the straight or the cocktail, and then they invited you to do the uh, sampling as well. It was funny because uh, so the, the guide who's in the that last picture there says, "Oh, does anybody want to join us for something?" And most of us knew what was going on, so four guys stepped stepped right up and said, "Yes, sir, yes, ma'am, I would like to participate." This is great. We need four four men, four women, and she could not give those four uh, girl seats away. <laughs> Uh, everybody's just thinking, hey, I don't know, maybe. Like, Come on, it's free hooch. Let's go. Right. Free uh, booze. <laughs> Get on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, thank you for sharing those pictures and, and your stories. That's awesome. It yeah. works much better with the pictures. <laughs> it does. I'm sorry. I thought I thought you had it. I thought you, I thought you had it up. Um, I did not. And uh, yeah, but that's okay. Because I'm going to, I'm actually, when I edit, I'll listen back and I'll, I'll run through all the pictures again. Um I'm just looking at them quickly here, and it looks like you got some some nice shots for sure. Yeah, there's something uh, about halfway through the album looks like an upside down green Christmas tree. Yep. There, um, that's actually a chandelier made out of Jameson's bottles they had hanging in the, in the front of their visitor center. Nice. Um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty neat. I was like, All right, I gotta take a picture of that. Oh, I want to make one. <laughs> if you turn that upside down, it could be a Christmas tree. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hmm. Did that in college. And then if you guys look directly to the right of this uh, photo album, it says monthly support. Yeah, you're going to want to click that. <laughs> and uh, we have all different levels of donation. We have the $2 a month, the listener level, the fanboy level, and the hardcore level. And it uh, starts at 2 bucks a month and goes up to 10 bucks a month. So, uh, yeah, if you, know, if you guys accidentally slip on that subscribe button, that'd be cool. Um, you know, we're going to try and put out shows more regularly. Uh, you know, this month was a little, definitely a little exceptional with me being in the hospital and a bunch of stuff going on, but, uh, we'll, we'll try and get more shows out to you guys. What else? Uh, Jameson, Guinness, what else did you do out there? Anything to note or was that pretty much the high? I mean, not that, not that those aren't two very impressive places to visit, but, uh, any, was there any other shenanigans while you were out there? Yeah, despite I mean, despite what you, despite what I've talked about uh, so far, I did not spend the entire week actually, you know, bomb, uh, drunk off my back, uh, drunk off my butt. Um, there was a lot of uh, castles everywhere. We went up, we went up to Bar- uh, Blarney Castle, um, and did the did the climb, and that's something you're going to want to. Um, yeah, if, if you're my size, do just 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 bite the bullet and crawl through some of the tunnels because apparently when they when that castle was built, people were about five six man. I, it's, oh it, wow! Yeah, I mean it, the some of the turrets were uh, the, the the turrets were designed for defense. So if you're right-handed and trying to trying to swing your swing your sword up the staircases, you're going to have a hard time. Whereas if you're right-handed and trying to defend down, it's going to be a lot easier to swing. But they also built them a little bit smaller purpose so people would have to duck. Well, I wound up just basically having to crawl at a couple points because um, it was like okay i can crouch or i can just <laughs> just just, just, just bite the bullet <laughs> um and then you get up to the top and you can actually see down through some of the battlements and it's like okay um 
but again it's absolutely beautiful out there yeah that's one thing i when we go out you know of course there's the pubs and all that but i definitely want to see the uh, castles as well yeah there's um rocket cashel has uh there's this place called uh, cashel or cashel depending on your accent um halfway to kinsale that was uh this, this ancient church and before it was a church it had a, a big round uh defense tower and that was neat just to go look at um what else uh Again, eat uh, eat locally. Um, stay away from the burgers. Uh, go, you know, go go for some of the seafood because well, they most of it was wiggling that morning, uh, especially in your port towns, and it's 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 all darn tasty. Um, what else? There's a place called Muckross House out west that we went to, and it's this big old Victorian mansion uh, that was over over on the west coast, actually near Killarney National Forest. Um. And again, huge, huge um, Victorian mansion, and then the, the formal gardens, um, and then the, the property that's, I don't know if you've ever been down to Mount Vernon or not, but down here, but I mean, it was basically plantation size, and it opens up on this huge bay that just, you can, you can see for, for freaking ever. Um, there's castle drummond that drummond castle rather uh up near shannon where we we actually had dinner the last night um again more formal gardens big old castle this is neat they're having a wedding there that night and it was like wow how much does that cost <laughs> yeah i'm yeah, sure i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't doubt that um oh god Killarney national forest so the bit aside from Dublin, the bit the big thing to do that most of the t- uh, guidebooks are trying to get you to do is, is something called driving the Ring of Kerry. And Kerry is this peninsula down on the uh, southeast coast of, of Ireland, um, kind of sticks out into the Atlantic, and it is beautiful. But this is one of those places where remember how I t- or was, was talking about paved cart paved cart paths, right? Yeah, so they've got this national road and they're and they're by national roads, they mean something that's the equivalent, theoretically equivalent of like US 50, US 40, something like that. Nice, big, wide road, right? Get through Clarion National Forest, and that thing comes down to the, your, your your paved cart path to the point where they've actually, there's there are rocks that are kind of hanging out close to the road. They've painted them red and white so that you don't actually drive into them. <laughs> like, all right, guys, come on, like, just maybe if you took the time to do that, maybe you could just, you know, shear off the, the, the pointy bits. I don't know. So, Roads are twisting, roads are turning. There, there's no shoulders. Oh, by the way, there are tour buses coming at you, <laughs> the, the other the other way. And so, like, wow. <laughs> but on the other hand, the views are worth it. So we got we got through the forest and went to go see the. Um, we got got to our bed and breakfast because we were supposed to drive through the ring ring and carry the next the next day. And we asked the landlady, he's like, look. Is the rest of the roads like that? Oh, no, you've been through the worst of it. Uh, there might be one or two or five more tight spots like that, but certainly not nearly as bad as what you just went through. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't I, I don't think our marriage can stop that because the wife's saying, slow down, Steve, slow down. Like, no, I, I got it, honey. We're going to slow down. we backing up. You know, you're not helping. Slow down. <laughs> so, like, all right. What we're going to do is this: we're going to go up to Dingle, which is the next peninsula, up, and we 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 took the way that did not involve uh, driving through the the road of extreme peril uh, back to Dingle, and we took a bus tour around that, and that was just just as pretty. And I decided next time we go back, we're going to take the bus trip around Kerry, and that way 
the advantage of those bus tours in both of them is that you're not sitting there staring at the pavement going, okay, when's the next tour bus going to be coming through and trying to smear me into it? Yeah, you are the tour bus, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, yeah, I, I'm not the tour bus. I'm not the driver. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the guys out, you know, 10 feet up looking around going, ooh, look, pretty. Yep, size advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. So, and, you know, and, and if the, you know, and, and if you get into a road problem, hey, not my problem to deal with. Yep. Exactly. Sit back with the camera. Um, but yeah, definitely worth doing. Um, it's a, uh, the, the bed and breakfasts were varying quality, but you know, uh, e- e- even the, you know, e- even the low point was actually pretty good. Um, most, uh, they, they tend to do, uh, metered showers over there, f- uh, for some reason, I guess they're having water shortages, but, uh, or maybe it's just cheaper for the bed and breakfast starter. Yep. But, yeah, that's um, fine. We're campers. We're used to that. Yeah, exactly, and and for you know you'll be happy to know that they generally had a detachable shower head, so that you know you, you're not trying to do the limbo, trying to get wet. Right. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Mister. Um, well, I think we probably summed it up, and it is a school night, so I think we'll we'll let everyone go a little early tonight. And I know I I got to hit the sheets myself, but uh, yeah. I wanted to thank you, man, for coming on, and it was a cool show, and uh, we'll have you back on for sure. I will tell everyone that uh, Music on the Mountain is this weekend, so uh, I don't know. I forgot to... i got to call Danny and see if he's coming. He had put a maybe on the reply, so... But I think when we saw him at NHC, he said he probably wouldn't be allowed out again. Um, I don't know what kind of stories he told his wife, but I'm sure it was all good, and he was very well-behaved at NHC. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Especially if she's listening. Right, right. But anyway, guys... Uh, you know, this weekend's uh, Music on the Mountain, so we won't be doing anything this weekend for sure. Uh, we're going to be doing a show. I will, I'll have uh, Farside post it, and we'll, we'll be doing something probably within the next couple of weeks. Because usually after Music on the Mountain, things slow down a little bit here, which is good for me. Um, and then we may also, I've been talking with Warren, and we may start up a little bit something new and we might start doing shows from homebrew university um and possibly get some guest brewers uh to come down there and sit in the homebrew store because he's got a gorgeous store it's just very uh very inviting if you, if you guys want to look at pictures of that that's uh homebrew university main street i think it is on facebook but uh, you can see some pictures of the store it's just it's a beautiful store and a cool place to hang out yeah, Danny's in the chat saying he won't be able to make it. Uh, something about not being able to afford another new car. <laughs> right. <laughs> gotcha. Made it halfway last year. But. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up for tonight. And I want to thank everyone for coming out. I just want to say uh, it's great to be back in the studio, man, and not being attached to a million tubes and heart monitors and all that shit in the hospital. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon, man. Thanks again, Farside. Peace uh, out. No problem. Happy to be here. Hey guys, I like to shop, and when I come home from shopping, the last thing I want to do is carry my bags through the snow, ruining my cute shoes I just found on sale. I wish my husband would just get a shed from Pleasant Run Structures so I could have my garage back. He could put all of his man stuff in the shed and brew out there. I mean, all he has to do is call 908-237-1325 and get the man cave of his dreams. They even offer two-story sheds because I know he has a lot of shit. Pleasant Run Structures has two locations in New Jersey, Parsippany and Flemington, but they will ship anywhere. So it really is a no-brainer. 
check out PleasantRunStructures.com for more info. That's PleasantRunStructures.com. Check it out today because your wife might be so happy she can park in her garage, you might even get some. Does your kegerator still look like it belongs in a dorm room? Do you still have Coors Light or NASCAR tap handles on it? Look no further. Fisher Woodcraft has the solution. Fisher Woodcraft hand turns, exotic hardwood tap handles, and let me tell you, these things are beautiful. Give your kegerator that sleek look with a Fisher Woodcraft tap handle. Fisher Woodcraft also offers hand-spun bowls, mugs, and more. Look them up online, www.fisherwoodcraft.com. That's www.fisherwoodcraft.com. 